Hello and welcome to a new episode of Masala Zindabad, the podcast that ought to have been a book. This is Amrita from IndieQuel. This is Beth from Beth Loves Bollywood, and today we have with us Maria from Filmy Holic. Hi, Maria. Hi, how are you guys doing? We have decided to chat with Maria about Coffee with Karen, season three. She's a seasoned watcher of the show, as is Amrita, and I'm kind of a newer viewer. I've only been watching this season, and as usual, we've got a lot to say about the topic at hand. So I'm going to start it off with a big question that I want you both to comment on, which is basically, what is the deal with this show? As someone who is new to it, it just, you know, both told me about it. Everyone has told me about it over the years. And I've just thought, I don't think I want to watch that. I think it's going to make me cringe into a little ball. And now that I have started watching it, indeed, it does make me cringe into a little ball. So I want to know what do we think its popularity is based on? What do we think of its place in the big and sort of varied world of movie related information, Terry and celebrity commentary? And what do we think it says about the people who agree to be a part of it? So Maria, you first. What do you think? Ooh, well, you know, I think maybe some of the popularity has to do with the fact that, you know, other than seeing these guests sit down on this sofa for, I don't know, 40, whatever, 50 minutes and, and talk straight through, you know, the, the rest of the time we see them, I think mainly is when they're being grabbed on their way in and out of uh, cinema screenings, maybe, or I, I'm talking about my only TV experience that I have, which is looking at NDTV at, at home. In those cases, usually they're very small snippets. So aside from, you know, maybe a longer interview, let's say if Anupama Chopra gets somebody on her show to talk about their upcoming film or whatever, I think it's the only chance where you get to see them for maybe a more sustained period of time. Mm -hmm. And I guess mm -hmm. the hope as a, a film fan is that maybe, you know, you'll get to see a little bit more of the quote unquote real person as opposed to, you know, whatever sound bite that they've been spewing out since, you know, the past two weeks as they've been ramping up to promote whatever the latest film or product is. As a really savvy viewer, do you feel that you get that from the show? Well, to a degree. I mean, I have to say from, from what I've seen on the previous seasons compared to this season, I really was very surprised by the, I don't know if I would call it candor, but certainly the way that Sonam and Deepika we're speaking about their relationship with, with Ranbir because that to me was, I thought that was kind of, uh, I don't know if revolutionary is the right word, but it was certainly different than some of what had been on, on previous episodes. One thing that I, I really did like about the show is in previous seasons where he's had Raki Savanthan and Malika Shirawa, <laughs> you know, she, they've both been the butt of so many jokes from so many celebrities on that very program, but I thought mm. in the two episodes where he had each of them on, you know, they came across as more human, and I, I really came away liking both of them more, and, you know, to the extent that when people sort of just throw away Malika's name as you know, sort of a, a quick shorthand for a joke. I, you know, I, that kind of, I, I don't know, that rankles me a little bit. That's exactly it. The reason why it's so addictive as a program is because when you see them interact with somebody who they think is their peer, it's significantly different from how they interact with journalists or critics or with people whom they think are either, I wouldn't say inferior, but they definitely react to Karan as a, an equal or as a person who might be able to be of benefit to them. 
and as such they give him a certain amount of leeway in his questioning and in the way he talks to them and the kind of topics that he's allowed to touch upon and you can see that you know he also is very careful about what he can talk about and what he can't and he pushes it he's able to judge exactly how far he can push a certain subject and then come back to it mm. so you know he can actually talk about something like i, I remember when vivek obroy was on the show and karan was able to ask him about salman khan and aishwarya rai and all these things that he would normally not talk about to other people but he knew how to get what he wanted and to linger on those questions to a degree that was uncomfortable but also do it to a point where he clearly could come back from it so it kind of feels like this like a, it's it's like the social cost of being a bollywood insider you know you go on karan's show to show that you are a bollywood insider but the cost of it is that you have to answer questions that you would rather not but also he allows you to get away with the party line like uh-huh. when he asked uh, farah about shahrukh khan and i thought it was really clever that he started off by asking the question that had dominated the gossip headlines for so long by asking her if you know she was mad with shahrukh or if they had you know broken up or whatever because the one thing that become exceedingly clear by watching this show is that they're all little children they are incredibly <laughs> fucking childish it's all very high school isn't it you know like right, this person yeah. think of that person and how do you rank this person is this person your friend are you talking to that person and it's also kind of pleasurable for the viewer because you kind of are watching people reveal themselves in casual conversation in a way that they're not really aware that they're doing it because they're talking to a friend or to an industry equal or whatever in the in the Saif Karina episode that recently aired for example Karan did this bit that was hilarious in which he he aired all these parts of Karina being mean to various people who were clearly trying <laughs> to be nice to Karina for whatever reason or at least be diplomatic in the case of Preeti Zinta and it was great I mean I can't imagine a real journalist being able to do that to somebody of Karina's stature and getting away with it. Exactly. And because the one thing that really strikes me about him having this show is he's such a powerful mm-hmm. force. And you know, unlike a journalist, I think he doesn't have to worry about maybe asking an inappropriate question and or pushing the boundaries and then finding that now he's being denied access or somebody will stand up and walk off. I mean, that would really be something if it happened, but I don't think it has so far and I'm, I I would venture, you know, to bet that it probably never will in the future, but I think it really is testament to, you know, he's he's such a power broker in the industry um right now and I guess for foreseeable future and it's it's very different because if you look at Coffee with Anu, which I've started getting now that I have a Tamil channel at home, she has such a different manner in in conducting herself on the on the show and it's really the questioning and and the discussions are more about the work or if it touches on personal lives very often it's more about like maybe some tragedy or family mm. it's it's much more pleasant it's not it's certainly not as catty there is nothing as catty about coffee with anu as there is with karan but i don't watch coffee with anu so i have no idea 
how it works but i would imagine that karan is a pretty unique personality in the world of of television hosts even on an international level because you know none of them are insiders whether you're looking at late night television hosts in the uk or the us you know yeah. anywhere but karan is a very powerful producer and director and he's a sort of universal friend he's friends with amir khan and he's friends with salman khan and shahrukh khan and he's friends with both mice and cats and he's somehow able to manage all that and that kind of touches back on the issue of karan as a host and what are his strengths yeah. and weaknesses because i know you don't really care for him as a host beth no i think he makes me uncomfortable because i because i think he prods a little too much like people will like you were both talking about how he can get away with that and i watched the runbeer imran episode last night and i was just amazed at how many times he asked runbeer who are you dating who are you dating who are you dating like he did not let it go and he never did get the answer that he seemed to want but he just wouldn't drop it and it made me wonder how many other times he asked that didn't make the cut that aired <laughs> to me it sort of read like a little bit of a bully which of course is how the mean kids in high school are but also a little bit it kind of made me think well what else is on his name what what is it a samsung tablet that he keeps referring to by brand name what else is on there does he not have anything else to ask these people or is he doing it to make them uncomfortable and to kind of reinforce this power relationship because hearing you guys talk about this is a like a trial by not a trial by fire this is something that you submit to to show your status it's like hazing <laughs> almost except it's for people who are already in it payback for you know for being kind of important and cool enough to be on coffee with Karen is that you have to deal with his questions then you know if that's the maybe that's the exchange that everybody understands implicitly is is happening there but i just thought i'm not that impressed with him as a host because i don't feel like it seems that he has a whole lot to say even though i bet he really does i mean it's hard to imagine that Karen Johar does not have tons of things to talk about with these people and even things that would be completely appropriate for a television audience too not just gossip but you know surely he He's got questions for them about their work and their choices and things like that but I don't feel that we get a whole lot of actual content from him as the host it's kind of his job to do that isn't it or maybe it's not I I think with him going back to run beer so much on who are you dating who are you dating I mean part of it probably is he knows that that's what a lot of people who follow celebrities and who mm-hmm, follow right. him would probably want to know so I guess there he's you know actually doing a little bit of stand in for the the man or the woman on the street but you know the thing i have to say is though this this concept of him as as a kind of a quasi friend if he's a friend man i mean farah <laughs> khan how did he welcome her on that show she was barely yeah. down the staircase when he very sarcastically started saying how wonderful she looked and everything when you know he really was trying to say gee you haven't lost that baby <laughs> weight yet and what's wrong with you you know you're such that a was slob unbelievable. and I, honestly i was gobsmacked by that because i thought first of all you know you admitted yourself you were a chubby kid and you know how horrible like to to be like that and i don't know maybe he's looking at it as like well yeah i was i was fat and hideous one day too but you know look at look at me now i was able to get control of myself and now i look terrific and why can't you do it too maybe it's some kind of a tough love thing but i just thought that is so horrible and then again why does it have to be about the woman i mean you know the right. guys came down and he wasn't saying to either of them like you know i don't know how come you haven't had plastic surgery to make yourself more whatever aesthetically right, pleasing yeah, he to doesn't the world ask or something 
Ronnie, why do you look like that? <laughs> exactly. He's a talented guy. He's a lovely man. I, I thought he acquitted himself mm-hmm. very well. And But, you know, one question I have to say that, that always cracks me up on this show is the person will barely have fluffed themselves down into the sofa or whatever and put their little, you know, purse on the table and whatnot. And the first thing he'll say is, so, you're here now. How is it being on the show? And I'm thinking, <laughs> if I were asked that question, I'd be like, I don't know. I just got here. That's bad hosting. <laughs> that does not make any sense whatsoever. I think that's actually more a function of how that entire society functions, of Bollywood functions. You start out by saying, oh, I'm so happy to be here. I love you so much. Have my baby. It kind of moves <laughs> from there to actual business things. But it does come across as very weird because he's constantly trying to strike a balance between being a traditional talk show host versus their friend. Who can we imagine would be kind of the ultimate guest for him in terms of not putting up with it? Who would be a great sort of adversarial guest for Karan Johar? Because I'd love to see I that. Think I think Shahrukh does a really good job of pushing back. My choice would be Nana Padakar. <laughs> I, I could see him if he were pushed the wrong way, you know, to maybe throwing something or getting up and walking off. I mean, that I would love to. Uh... But can I just go back for a minute to what Maria was talking about, that whole Farah Khan issue? Because I don't know if any of you read Michael K of Delisted.com, which is the celebrity gossip site, which is hilarious. He has this habit of coming up with names for people and one of his favorite targets is Carl Lagerfeld whom he calls Cunty Carl <laughs> with a K because uh, Carl Lagerfeld used to be fat and then he lost a tremendous amount of weight and now he like walks around with this you know his boy toys on a leash in the south of France and he always comes out with these amazing bits of sage advice for models that says you know you're all too fat and you need to lose weight like he criticizes Heidi Klum for being too fat oh god well, and, sh- and shame shame on her, right? But, you know, on the whole fat point, I thought it was hysterical in the Safina episode that just aired when he was showing those clips from the past. The first thing she said was, you know, oh, my God, everybody was so fat then. And But, I mean, nicely enough, she, she included herself yeah. in that. But I thought, you know. Karan kind of reminds me of Kanti Karl. He's like the Kanti Karan of Bollywood. It seems like in both American and then Indian celebrity culture, too, certain extent we do let the bitchy gay man get away with stuff that we don't let other people say Colin has never actually come out and said that he is or anything right. but you know he does amazing to me to watch that subtext also because I understand that he doesn't want to come out and you know it's really his choice if he does or he is or he isn't I don't know anything to the contrary but it's amazing to me because he started out in season one I distinctly remember him saying things like you know I'm waiting for the perfect girl I didn't have the girl you know do you know anybody and blah 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 and then in this episode, you know, I think in the last one, the Saifina episode, I think it was, in which he was like, I don't have a woman in my life. I was like, well, that is a slight step in a certain direction, isn't it? Don't you think that that's why Runbeer and Imran were pretending to make out on the couch? <laughs> but in my personal opinion, you know, if he actually is gay, then he should just come out because it's it'll probably attract a lot less attention in the long run than him hinting around it. But the thing is, I don't live his life, so I don't know what it's like to be gay in Bollywood. Not the political clout, the, the you know, insider political clout to do it safely. Surely it's him and safely in terms of their yeah, career. I, I don't mean. know. One thing that occurs to me is because I, I've heard a friend of mine who lives in California and who's now sort of hobnobbing with all these people who, who work with 
a lot of celebrities and whatnot. There's one time where he had mentioned recently that supposedly Kathy Griffin, the expectation is that she'll come out someday, but only after her, I think her remaining parent is no longer alive. And mm. so, I mean, maybe it's a family mm-hmm. issue too, that if he, sure. if he is indeed gay, maybe he feels that it's something that would have to wait until his mother is no longer with us. But, but you know, on, on that subject, aside from the, the kissing or the fake kissing, which, which I'll get back to in a second, I think if I'm not mistaken on the, the director's episode, I think, didn't he say something like, well, I have Shah Rukh, or maybe Farah said to him something like, you know, will you have Shahrukh or whatever? And I remember my ears kind of freaked up at that. And I thought, hmm, that's interesting. The fake kiss, I don't know. I, why do people have to do this? You know, if, if you are, is anybody shocked by that? Because if you really want to shock us, really kiss. Then right, people exactly. really well, it's will very talk. High, it's exactly the kind of high school, like, that's what the cool boys do, is they pretend like, oh, it's funny to be gay, Ugh, you know. It doesn't, in fact, matter really if he's gay or not. But I do think that there's a persona of, I don't know what else to call it, other than bitchy gay guy that people sort of hate to love to love to hate kind of thing like Jack from Will and Grace and he gets to get away with stuff that other people wouldn't and I think that a little bit that persona adds to that kind of power. There's something that that I've certainly noticed with with friends or acquaintances in in India or over here in the US and I think there's very often there's a lot of things that people know about other people and it's generally accepted knowledge but people won't come out and say it or, or discuss it publicly and so I think you know maybe this is one of the it could be one of these things but on the flip side I mean I've also heard you know some people express a frustration that given the level of power that he has and the clout that he has if he were gay and he were to come out maybe that would be very helpful for a lot of people who are struggling with I was uh, just thinking that especially in light of the it gets better project like who better than Karan Johar to do something like that to be a voice like that in in India at the end of the day they're still very conservative Indians I don't think they do themselves any favors in that they're all willing participants in this view that to be a gay person is to be a feminine rapist in the case of a gay man or the butch rapist in the case of a lesbian is primarily what they actually try to portray on screen so to suddenly come out as you know yes I'm a gay person when you're as successful as Karin Johar is you don't really want to screw with your audience but then you know in case on the slight chance admittedly that he's not a gay person. How does he prove it? Okay, so talking about directors, what did you all think about the director's episode? So that was the first one that I watched and I was horrified by, well, first of all, like we've mentioned, the treatment of Farah the moment she sets foot on the stage for a factor that has absolutely nothing to do with why she's interesting or important or talented or anything. I was really horrified at how quickly all the directors wanted to distance themselves from the notion that a film could be both entertaining and have some kind of intellectual content to it. And as the show had, you know, gone on, I was I was pretty impressed with Imtiaz Ali's, you know, he seemed to be finding some ways to kind of tread between Karin's questions and then also actually saying something. But then all of them just wanted to have nothing to do with the concept that movies could actually be about something. And that was so heartbreaking because I like movies by all of these people. Mm -hmm. And I just thought, what, I mean, what a letdown and what a sort of inflexibility on their part to even, you know, be willing to publicly consider on television that movies might actually say something and also be entertaining at the same time. Do you think that maybe it's because they don't want to be seen as like some sort of a a stick in the mud for for even daring? Probably, yeah. So who knows? I mean, who knows what they actually think, but the fact that they wouldn't even publicly, and I don't know who the target audience for this show is, that who do we think is watching this? And so how does that shape what they 
the guests and what the host, what they all say. But that, yeah, I mean, I'm assuming it is some sort of, at least in part, a public image question as to why they answered. It's basically meant for an English language audience, I think. And because I was thinking about this earlier today, there's a forensic show on BBC called Silent Witness. And they had this interview with two of the leads from that show. And one of them said, I think the audience likes to see people who are clever doing clever things. I heard that and I thought to myself, well, that's certainly true of myself. I was completely impressed by Deepika and Sonam in terms of how they handled themselves on that show, apart from the manic giggling. And I'm a giggler, but good Lord. But what they actually said, I thought was much more intelligent than what the boys had to say for themselves for the most part, which was an interesting switch because we so often think of women having to dumb themselves down in order to play whatever game society is, you know, (laughs) that they're choosing to play. And it seemed to be kind of the opposite. I was actually really disappointed by the Ranbir Imran episode. I mean, I keep going back to it because I think what the director's episode conclusively proved is that Bollywood is very much a male-centric industry and that, you know, you definitely do not mess with the male actors. I mean, nobody on that show had a straight opinion, apart from Imtiaz Ali, who Karan kept pointing out as an outsider figure. None of the so-called insiders would venture so much as an opinion about the acting ability of of the lead actors. Right, they just straight face that they're all of them, all of them. And what struck me about Ranbir and Imran is that they're always held up as the future of the Bollywood industry. And I always thought that they were kind of smart, you know, in the movies that they were choosing, or at least some of the movies that they were choosing. And then I heard them talk and I didn't (laughs) feel like that anymore. Slightly in, in Imran's defense, he was here in New York a couple of weeks ago promoting Break Kebab and they did a press conference on a Sunday mm-hmm. morning. And so he came in with one of the assistant directors and, and he said, you know, eight out of ten of the scripts that I get are for rom-com. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, I don't know, but it, it seems like I'd be curious to see Deli Belly, which he keeps saying is a, a kind of a caper and, and whatnot. And I, I think, you know, it would be interesting because his uncle is involved in that, right? He's a producer or he's acting in it or he's doing both, whatever. So, I mean, maybe, you know, with, with Amir's magic touch, maybe we'll we'll get to see a different side of him. But, you know, it's funny, if you think by comparison, look at Pratik Babar, who's, what, 23 years mm-hmm. old, I think. I thought he was very good in Janetu Ya Janena. And Dobigat, I mean, he blew me away. And I was thinking, you know, how can this kid be so talented and he's only 23? So, but, I mean, in, in Imran's defense, I, I, I would just say that I, I guess maybe, as is happening with the girls, you know, that are, are getting just these dopey bimbo roles I guess the you know the the misfortune that he has until he looks older like I think when he gets into his 30s like 30 something maybe even past 35 or maybe 40 given how, how young he looks but it would be nice to see then if he's getting more quote-unquote serious roles or at least something a bit more substantial I really can't comment too much on Runbeer because I just I can't see him in anything I I know Beth you're you're a much stronger champion of his but uh, there's just something about him and, and it just it's so appalling calling to me because he's become such a huge success and he just keeps getting offered more and more roles and I realize that the window on how many you know mainstream Hindi movies that are coming out at the moment is closing because of that. That was one of the things that was so disappointing to me about that episode was I really like Ranbir as an actor. I've actually seen all of his films. I can't say that about any other any other big star these days. 
but he's done some really interesting things, I think. Like, I'm not Rocket Singh, which I really like. I don't think it's the greatest film ever made, but mm-hmm. he's doing a wider variety of things, it seems, other kind of mainstream hero guys. And probably he's got, I mean, I'm assuming that's because he's got the most bankable name. And so that the projects like that go to him first. But he's at least choos- chosen some interesting things. Where poor Imran was talking about how, you know, some of his choices didn't go so well. First of all, I thought that Imran came off better. Apart from that, I think there was a point when I I wondered whether because I've I've read interviews or seen interviews of these two people when they're talking to like normal journalists. I'm seeing them interact with Karan Johar, who is a mentor of sorts, or would at least like to be a mentor. I began to wonder if there exists two different sets of rules that you know you try and be smart for the outside world, but when you're talking to somebody in the industry, especially somebody in a powerful position, you try to make yourself sound like a know-nothing idiot. I mean, it's it like some kind of twisted form of flattery or that would explain a lot if that's true yeah i mean i think aishwarya rai is like the only person that i've ever seen in any context who absolutely refuses to play dumber than she is i mean most of the time she irritates the hell out of me but i do (laughs) love the fact that she is an unrepentant bitch well you know going back to something that amrita that you had said on the episode where where you all were talking about women on film i wonder to a degree with other actors or female actors if it's if it's more a way of trying to just buy themselves some time and say it, like mm. it's it's kind of putting a marker out there in the sand saying you know I maybe they're they're looking at the landscape of guys around them and just thinking you know do I really want to commit to anyone right now and settle down and people after me for my money or my fame or whatever and once I get married am I going to have to give it all up I mean she's Ash is fortunate I think in that she's well into her 30s now and she's married and you know, she hasn't been pushed off to the side and made to do, you know, mother roles now with like the fake streak of gray in her hair or whatever. And and I think that's great. But maybe maybe it's just these other girls just trying to sort of push back and, and use that as, I guess, a cover, let's say, or some camouflage or whatnot. I don't know. When I heard that, I was like, ooh, that's kind of catty. But that's what it's all about, yeah. isn't it? I guess on this show is getting, getting the girls to be as catty as possible. I think Karen is an excellent judge of character. Like he knows exactly exactly who he's talking to and he can moderate his he's an excellent conversationalist basically you know he has people skills it's one of the reasons why he can be like i said you know friends to the mice and the cats he knows exactly who he's talking to he knows what to say when and how and to what extent karen is he's a player he really is again you know that's what this is one of the reasons why i love this show so much because it's sort of an unintentional window into their relaxed person or the stars at home, you know, that kind of a thing. It's a peep show. With very expensive clothes and shiny sets, Can we right? talk about the, the outfits on this show? Because it cracks me up how they all come out with their little purses. Well, it's, it's true. I always wonder, is this a bit like the Queen of England? Like, what's in there? I mean, is, is it money? Is it lipstick? I'm sure it's not a cell phone, you know? I don't I don't get it at all. And at least the, the clothes are getting better progressively through the seasons. But I remember when the first season aired and everybody came out wearing these weird I think like the worst costumes any celebrity ever wore to an interview was on the Simi Garewal show compared to that the first season 
everybody is like showing up in their evening dresses and their little purses and Karan is sitting there in his little velvet suits with the red piping and when he was showing those clips to Karina and Karina said they were all fat I was thinking mm. you know they're also badly dressed it's amazing I want to ask about the hamper <laughs> what do I not understand about the hamper I'm just really curious about the whole concept of it needing to be there I'm like vaguely curious as to what's in it I guess but the whole why do you need to give movie stars a giant gift-wrapped piece of crap? <laughs> I don't understand. It's like the thing that the realtor gives you when you close on a house or something. It's Okay, listen, Beth. First of all, do we know what's in that <laughs> hamper? I mean, I think before no, you go no. dissing it like that, maybe maybe they're, they're like people everywhere and they love swag. When it would be a great chance for product placement, right? Haven't you guys noticed that whenever he says like, well, I'll go to my blah, blah, blah tablet, at least in the state, they've been, when it runs on TV, they bleep it out. No, I- I think Samsung and Nescafe actually sponsor the show. I think he's supposed to contractually obliged to mention it, except, you know, he's like horrifying at product placement. And so I think that that's like a production decision. It sounds like a total <laughs> moron. If we can just go back to the clothes for a second, I, I've got to just jump in and say, I thought Safe looked very nice in his suit. I mean, I don't know if it goes back to the fact that, you know, he lived in the UK for so long. Maybe he picked up some of that, that European aesthetic mm-hmm. for, for clothes, which I think is very different for men than it is in, in mm-hmm. the U.S. I think yeah. they're they're far less afraid to wear colors and checks and stripes and whatever and, and put it all together with, with some degree of style. But I thought both he and, and Abby looked great in their in their suits. But by the same token, I would love to see them in casual clothes. I think unfortunately because the set has such a high gloss to it and it's supposed to be, I guess, like you know what we imagine Karen's sophisticated <laughs> apartment would look like if, if he owned one in, in New York or London or wherever oh, and these guys just happened to happen to drop by after a night out on the town you know that this is what they'd all be sitting around dressed up as and having their conversation but I mean I'd really you know I'd love to see them on you know a back patio somewhere on a terrace in in jeans and a t-shirt and see what you know see what they look like without their little bejeweled or bedazzled purses <laughs> well, and the boys I don't know they, the they really were being boys the Rumbeer Imran episode they were wearing jeans mm-hmm. and probably yeah. $400 sneakers or whatever but they had the whole incredibly expensive casual thing going on right with their blazers and their and their t-shirts and their and their fun sneakers mm-hmm. and I was like well of course that's how the high school boys dress when they go on TV if I might confess something I think the new set is hideous it looks like an upscale <laughs> stripper bar I think we may have outcatted the show it's totally appropriate <laughs> in keeping with the spirit of the program we've just tried to mirror it since we are not power players we can say whatever we want this was an episode of Masala Zindabad the podcast that ought to have been a book thank you for listening Thank you.